welcome to Dad Hammer Bolters and Booze, where we discuss all things Warhammer while staying hydrated with an adult beverage. I am David the Warboss, and I'm joined by the most generic space marine in the Imperium, Mr. Medicaid Steve. Steve, how we doing? Uh, we're doing great, man. I know we're a little late or slash early recording the show. We're a little off uh, <laughs> yeah. off our normal schedule. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it's been a good weekend, man. Uh, full of family and friends and catching up with people I hadn't seen in quite some time. So yeah, you know, that's always nice. Yeah. Well, I had um pretty pretty good weekend myself. I had um my my wife and and my younger son were out of town, so it was uh myself and my my older son, so it was a little bit of a bachelor weekend and it was you know, after being married for a very very long time, it's it's a little odd, you know, just like, mm-hmm. well, wait a minute. This is this is what life was like maybe way back when (laughs) and uh you know it's 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 enjoyable that i get to spend time with my my older son one-on-one which is awesome but definitely do miss my family but you know i've I've been uh got some gaming in some video game time some model painting all good stuff we'll see you spend it wisely though that's good but yeah i mean i i try to you know i could have done productive things but Whenever I have a lot of time or at least a decent amount of time to myself and no, no responsibilities or anything like that, I try to do things that are, you know, I, I can't normally do. So, yeah. well, I, I heard everything productive in that conversation, so I'm, <laughs> I'm okay with it if you really care. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what, what is productivity? It's just a matter mm. of perspective. I think, yeah, I think yeah. you're right. I feel very productive. We'll just say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we have got a great show for you lined up here. We've got all kinds of good stuff to, to talk about. And we're going to start off with the Pariah Nexus, brand new show that has hit the Warhammer Plus, Warhammer TV uh, side of the subscription. New episode uh, just started. We've got a lot of thoughts around that. We'll also talk about our brand new Combat Patrol League that we have started, an official Dad Hammer Combat Patrol League that we've started, and what that means for the website, but also where for the listeners, if you want to participate, how you can join in the fun. And uh, we've also got a little bit of new terrain news coming up with some upcoming pre-orders, and it may be a little bit of a, a hidden news bit, but I, there's a lot of implications I think for what may be coming to the 40k terrain side of the hobby. So really, really exciting there. And we'll talk about all that kind of stuff. Thank you so much for listening to our show. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to rate, follow, subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. And you know what? Just tell somebody about it. I think that's the best way. You know, we would uh, really appreciate your support and just tell other folks about this podcast and that uh, how much you enjoy it. And you could always, of course, find us on our website, dadhammerpodcast.com, and on the social media websites as well. But first, we're going to start this show with the most important part of every Dad Hammer podcast, and that is, what are we drinking? Um, Steve, <laughs> I, um, I've seen the recipe for tonight, mm-hmm. yeah, and you know, I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little confused, but also intrigued at the same time, so... I'm gonna let you go first. All right, be- I like it because uh, you know normally we let the we let the lame drink go first. Yes, but you know I I don't know I, you may win me over on this one. All right, lady and gentlemen, because I'm I think we have <laughs> at least one lady that would listen. Uh, I want to introduce the Bobby Gilliman. Hang on to yourselves because this mm. is this will knock your socks off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a third ounce of grenadine. I mean, and write this down because it's very okay, important. Got it. Yeah. yeah the, the the numbers are really important here. <laughs> One third ounce of grenadine, six and three quarters ounce of cola, a maraschino cherry, and ice. That's right. I just told Whoa. you how to make a cherry Coke. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a Roy Rogers, but hey, man, oh, Bobby G, he's straight <laughs> as an arrow. And you know what? Sometimes you just don't feel, well, I don't know. Maybe sometimes yeah. you don't feel like having any alcohol, but you know, 
even space marines as transhuman genetic masterpieces who's going to drive the speeder home yeah, i mean <laughs> i don't think we've really touched on this subject but uh no it's a bit lame but i thought i'd add something in there for you know comic relief but yeah i don't know i think you know i'm sure we have listeners that you know are a little bit more uh take their yeah. parental responsibilities more serious than we do. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, <laughs> maybe, you know, of course the, the younger listeners, long, That's younger true. listeners need That's something true. to drink um, and they're responsible. And, you know, uh, I think uh, I jokes aside, I think uh, Gilliman would, would probably, I mean, he's just going to stay hydrated with, with right. water or some kind of like, you know, Gatorade. He's a he's a Gatorade guy, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, that's and fair. you can't you can't drink and murder. Right? That's for the that's for the orcs. <laughs> well, you don't want to become indiscriminate. <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> well, you know, and uh, I think that uh, Rabute Gilliman and Roy Rogers have quite a bit in common. You know, I think mm-hmm. they they both they both are are trying to do the emperor's work. Um, I'm not sure what Emperor Roy would uh, <laughs> would dedicate himself to. Maybe the director. <laughs> the director. <laughs> <laughs> he was a Roy or war hero, right? Oh, uh, okay, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so, uh, well, I mean, Cherry Coke. Okay, yeah. uh, I like the I like the designated driver um, yeah. aspect of this. That's really good. You got to have somebody on the to drive the speeder bike. Well, but for for uh, what it's worth, you're you're like a shot and a half away of rum. Away from being Lehman Russ on this one. Well, that's true. You so, can spike it. You, you can, can spike, spike it. it. <laughs> I mean, you can spike anything. Or you just no. add a little vodka or, or whatever you want to, and you're good to go. That's right. Yeah. Well, um, you enjoy your your cherry Coke with the crushed ice from Sonic. I mean, that's kind of yeah. what it sounds like. Yeah, it's it's a, very really fancy, it a very fancy cherry Coke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I am, yeah, I'm drinking a, um, an IPA from, um, Michigan. No, I'm sorry. Wisconsin. It's, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, similar, right? They're right next to each other. It's got the same temperature. (laughs) It tastes like beer. This is from, I'm probably going to butcher the name, uh, New Glarus, Wisconsin. Yeah. I don't, uh, apologies from any of our listeners actually in Wisconsin, but, um, this is called Moon Man, and like it. Uh, it was given to me by one of my friends who um, I think had a buddy or something that came by and, and just gave him some IPAs from Wisconsin. And okay. he's not a big IPA IPA drinker, so he gave these to me. And yeah, it's it's good. I mean, I I'm always about trying to find something from from out of state. Um, I, yeah, I think that's cool. That I that I can't get around here. I can't go to the grocery store and get it. So, you know, it's it's kind of nice and uh, a little different from what I usually have. But you know, the one thing is that right right before the pandemic, I I bought this battle um bottle cap map. It's like a little map the U.S. where you could put bottle caps in it. I want to. And they but right after like right after I bought that thing, they kind of stopped making bottles. Everything's in cans now. That's right. Ugh, so now that, I'm just gonna have that map out there forever. I know I probably got like three or four uh, red stripe caps because I'm like I'm running out of stuff down there to <laughs> yeah. to find. Yeah. Well, maybe you can uh, maybe you can make a custom bottle cap for your uh, your Bobby G cherry yeah, coke. Yeah, you know, that's a good idea. Yeah, you should. Well, I hope you enjoy your drink, your refreshing beverage, and uh, I will enjoy my beer. Cheers and bottoms up, Steve. Cheers. All right, let's get into some news. And we're going to start out first with the brand new hot off the press. I mean, well, I guess it's been out for about a week. <laughs> so <laughs> hot, hot off the press for us uh, fellow olds where uh, it takes us a while to get around to the to the new content. But yeah. Um, New show on Warhammer Plus, Warhammer TV, and called Pariah Nexus. And this trailer hit a while back and got a lot of people excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what was what had me excited the most was just the 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 Necrons. You know, I was excited to see more on Necrons, but 
you know, Steve, I know we, we both watch this and uh, mm -hmm. first and foremost for listeners that are interested in this um, show, the, the Pariah Nexus show, no spoilers. We're going to talk a little bit about, you know, uh, the characters and things like that, but we're not going to talk about actually what happens. So, yeah, exactly. um, I, you know, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but uh, I mean, I'm just going to start out saying hands down so far. Now, this is not the full show yet. Right. This is by far the most high quality animation show. I mean, writing content dialogue mm -hmm. that they have produced yet. That's my opinion. 100%. It, it feels like, and you remember when the uh, Indomitus box came out, that trailer uh, kind of similar to the Octarius trailer yeah. and all that. Yeah. It feels like an extension of that. And I remember watching that. And I still will go back and watch it because I think it was just great. Um, and you're like, wow, this is what I, I wish they would do something like this. Let's just drag this out longer. And they did. Yeah. Totally. But, but you have what, three years of probably animation development now. Uh, so mm -hmm. I, I dare say the animation is better than that uh, game trailer was. Um Man, it is just so stinking good. Uh, I thought, and they've added so a lot of their voice over and voice acting so far has been sort of drugs, kind of straight from the Black lab Library uh, mm -hmm. audiobook people. And so far, there's voices in there I don't recognize. So it feels like some new talent in there as well. Yeah, yeah. I I just thought going back to the animation. Mm -hmm. um, I think what, you know, when I'm looking at the Angels of Death, that was probably their uh, highest quality or maybe most expensive, you mm -hmm. know, show that they've had to produce from an animation standpoint. There's two different types of animation, right? You've got their, right. your typical cartoon comic book looking style, which is the hammer and bolter and then the mm -hmm. interrogator with the black and white. And, you know, that those kinds of shows are all black talent. All that stuff has right. been very cartoon. And I, I use that word loosely because that's what we, we grew up watching cartoons. Yeah, not and, sparing, Julius. <laughs> right. So the, the modern animation is more like the 3D, um, you know, I, I think game trailer, what you just game said trailer. is, is mm -hmm. accurate. The, the previous animation had that, but the movements were a little robotic and yeah. a little choppy. It just, you could tell this was... Um, this is not their their cup of tea right out of the mm -hmm. right out of the gate you know but they've got limited budget and that's fine but this animation i mean within the first couple of minutes it it looked like a like a uh like the space marine mm -hmm. video game trailer it's that good it's so top notch high quality and to me it looks like they somebody just donated a whole bunch of money <laughs> you know to uh, yeah. or, Oh, they wanted to dump truckloads of money into this show because the animation is so great. They they really upped the bar for themselves, which uh, I hope hope they didn't outkick their coverage on this one. Mm. But um, I mean, I don't think they have, or they wouldn't have released this. But doggone it, it's just uh, yeah. I mean, we were talking about video games earlier, you know, before we started the show and uh, started playing Starfield. And there's just this new generation of uh, video games out there that are, it's just so, and if you have like a really high power computer that can, you know, give you the graphics out of it, mm -hmm. this is what it feels like. I mean, it feels yeah. like a, a, just the most developed and high budget uh, video game that you could start playing. And uh, uh, it just made it so immersive. It's just great. Yeah. And I, I think the, you just with the first, of course, we're only talking about the first episode, so there's yeah, yeah. there's a lot more that needs to be seen. But from everything I've seen so far, I had zero issues at all. Um, so for those that are maybe not fully aware, I mean, this is nothing. This is not a spoiler. This is mm -hmm. on the website. It features Necrons and Sisters of Battle and some of the Astra Militarum. So that's kind of the and and of course some Space Marine in there too. So right. there's those are the so far like the four main factions or or armies characters however you want to look at it those are the ones represented but what i i love is that they really go deep into the necrons 
and mm-hmm. give them some some personality. Um, yes, they they show uh, Illuminor. Zer- Cez- well, I used to say Caesaris. <laughs> I used to say Ceres. I uh-huh. used to say Zeres. I I don't know. They say Illuminor Zeres with like a Z. That, that's official. what I that's what I hear. So Illuminor Zeres. Um, that's actually how to say his name, <laughs> but they, they give him some, some personality too. And oh. I actually have that, that model. And as soon as I saw like the bony fingers, like the, the mm-hmm. longer fingers when he's, um, doing his thing, I mean, I, it was so cool to have a voice associated with him. And then he goes into talking with the death marks, which, yes. um, and I, I, again, I don't want to do any spoilers, right? but they have an ability that they showcase in this show, the death marks do, which is kind of their teleportation. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to go into all the details of what happens, but my goodness, I, it, it was so cool. But Steve, the, the thing that, um, that I've seen with some of these shows, and this one is no different. I, I watch this stuff and I see something in there. I'm like, Oh, well that's, that's cool. What is that? Yeah. Is that an actual ability? And I immediately went and pulled up the data sheets for the death marks Yep. And I see, sure enough, hyperspace hunters. That's a that's an ability that they have. Well, now, if I and I, I'm going to go get some death marks because I don't. Have oh, any. I know, right? But now, if I put those things on the table, I'm immediately thinking and visualizing what that looks like uh-huh. in my head from the show. And I don't know if you had the same kind of vibe. I did. I, I totally did. And I have some death marks, uh, and they will be. So I was able to because I have the old. Um, I think it's a combat patrol, but not combat patrol um, right. box set. But it has, uh, you can do either 10 immortals, 10 death marks, or split them up if you want to. And I've done five immortals. And I was like, I think I'm just going to do them all immortals because there are better quotation marks in the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, no. I don't care how bad they are in the game. I, I could care less, yeah. less if, if they are any good at all. Because this kind of speaks to everything that we've always said for ourselves and how we play and how we look at stuff. Now they're one of the cooler units for me. Because now that's all. I'm like you. That's what I think about when I look at them, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just they're going to just have so much more personality now for me. And I just I can't wait to figure out a cool paint scheme for them. And just, you know, just some fun stuff. Because, uh yeah, it's just awesome. I've always I've always thought that the Necrons themselves, just as an army, and I remember reading you read the lore and they're like, mm-hmm. Okay, they're they're kind of these um these robots that don't necessarily have a whole lot going on, you know, as far as emotions yeah. and that's kinda cool. It's the whole creeping death that they are a slow march towards you to to kill you. What I I really thought was cool that the show did for the Necrons specifically is make them so emotionless, mm-hmm. but but not in a um, a one dimensional. It's just like the, their character, the, the characters in this show, just seem so terrifying and mm-hmm. unrelenting. You know that it it almost has like a not a horror, but a some a creepy feel to it. You know yeah. with these things, and I just I, I thought they really did it well. Um, from from the Necron side, just the personality stuff. Well, not I wrote to be funny. They put some meat on the bones of the Necrons. <laughs> yeah, very <laughs> nice. <laughs> but you know, you remember that scene in Terminator, like the original Terminator movie, mm-hmm. where they're in a it's kind of in the future, but you see a bunch of the you know typical Terminator skeletal figures, and yep. they're just walking and crushing so, uh, skulls. They have no no expression, no, no, anything. They're just, you know, firing lasers. Right. Up until now, that's kind of how I felt that the Necrons were portrayed. Uh, I know there's a little more in depth in the lore, but as far as, you know, your aesthetic and your game and everything else, that's what I felt like. Just these mechanized soulless things that just overall have no personality. And they still don't really have a personality except their personality now, if you watch the show and the scary part of them is, is that they don't understand humanity. Hmm. It's not, to me, it was like, they don't get why all these humans are there. They're just in the way. 
right? I mean, there's this emotionless, like you said, there's just this complete disconnect from, uh, you know, people and souls, yet they have a weird personality about it. They're not, they're not necessarily overly evil, uh, in a portrayal, I guess, if, if we want to get, I don't, like I said, we don't want to do spoilers, but, um, I don't know. They're just sort of cold. Yeah. I th- but I not think flat. Cold, cold, cold and calculating, you know, yeah. to, to combine the, the common phrase there. I, I think what I, to your point, I think previously I mostly looked at, especially some of the newer models of the Necron warriors. Um, I looked at them as almost like zombies, right. you know, and they're not now, of course, we've only seen a handful here, but yeah, that's true. I, I don't think they're going to do that, you know, in, in, in future episodes where it makes them look like they're just mindless zombies trying to eat mm-hmm. your brain. I mean, these guys are, are highly skilled and they know what they're doing. They're just very objective focused, not to, you know, no pun intended with Warhammer, mm-hmm. but they're very, they have a mission. They're going to go carry it out. It's, you know, it's black or white. And, um, but I think that Illuminor Zeris is, is more or less the the commander the one calling the shots which is which is what it's supposed to be and i I just i I think that it is a a really cool way to add some flavor to the necrons the um the the other faction in this is the sisters of battle and we've only seen well again no spoilers Uh, i've only seen a, a little bit there but um i it wasn't as it wasn't as impressive i think as the the focus was really on the necrons and this looming yeah. threat but the there's some really cool action sequences that are totally worth the pri- price of admission you know mm-hmm. for for watching this show so really cool to see the sisters of a battle and then of course the the astra militarum presence in here too is <laughs> uh, well it's a little bit you know a one you know one side and and a couple sides a couple dimensions yeah different types of characters but Astro Militarium, what's the what's the phrase is that they only live like, you know, ten minutes or something <laughs> right. like that? I mean, you got a lot of that here, but there's still some some survivability. And yes. I, I think that um it was just cool to see different different sides of the army that you don't okay, all they're gonna do is die. And, and if I always feel bad if you're an Astro Militarium player, if you're a guard player and every mm-hmm. single show you watch is just well, they're getting ready to die. You know, they're not as powerful as everybody else. I think you're seeing a little bit more than yeah. than just a a sack of meat ready to be murdered by every other army, which was it, which was good to see. And they had some really good personality to the character, yeah. and very chippy, and it's fun. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, yeah, I, I will speak. Going back to the animation part, I always I did feel like my only complaint was something like Angels of Death. Was I feel like the weapon sounds weren't quite up to my standard. <laughs> I thought they your, were kind of your quiet. lofty standards. In my lofty standards, I thought they were quiet and muffled. Um, I feel like the sound in this series so far, at least this one episode, is getting top notch too. Mm. Uh, the, yeah, you know everything involved, just the way the the Necrons moved, and there's some stuff about just some of the weapons fire and things that went on. I, I just felt it was just so much better than a lot of the stuff that's been done so far. So, yeah, I, I agree. And I, I remember the, the Leviathan trailer. That's what mm-hmm. this really feels yeah. like. I mean, that's it's, good... it's at that level of quality. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if you watch the Leviathan trailer and really like that, that's, that's what to expect, I think mm-hmm. from, from this show. Um, but, you know, in terms of what this means for the rest of the the animation, what the rest of the shows that are coming to Warhammer Plus, I I wonder again, is this setting the bar too high for themselves? Can, are we going to expect that every mm-hmm. single show is going to be this level of quality? It's going to depend, of course, because Interrogator, right, the original, the cartoon animation uh, right. was was black and white. That had a, a particular art style to it. That doesn't need to be three D, but you know anything outside of the the normal animations they've done before, like Angels of Death? I mean, I I don't know. It's going to be kind of hard to go back yeah, away from a little bit from the level that they've set here. But because mm-hmm. it, it's such a big leap in 
product quality, I think, for, for Games Workshop. What do you think that, you know, are there any implications for future shows or maybe even the, the upcoming 40K Henry Cavill whenever that comes out? That may be like 2035 for all I know. But, <laughs> you know, is, is, is that setting the bar? Are they trying to, are they getting some extra money and budget into their content to expand the audience? Do, do you think this is going to have any significant impact? I think it will. Um, I think I know Warhammer TV or, and all that has been a little bit of a contentious subject. Uh, I know the content hasn't been what a lot of people want, you know, and it's mostly volume. Though I appreciate quality over quantity any yeah. day of the week, especially Same. if I'm paying for it. I mean, I don't need to wade through a bunch of stuff that's just garbage. And I think that cheapens the whole thing. So long story short, I feel like maybe their patience and maybe this slow progression of things have, have gotten it more attention to the point where maybe they have more traction with who they hire. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they've hired new people. Uh, maybe they have new talent that's willing to come on board and take a chance and put their name to it. Like Henry Cavill, uh, there may be a lot of people that, of course, we don't know them because we're not in that necessarily that business or circle. And I'm not talking about actors and stuff, but you know, there are animators out there and uh, you know, sound editors and all these things that go into something like this. And maybe um, between the video games and some of this other release stuff, they're just gaining more uh, juice in the industry. So to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I'm hoping that that's the direction it goes. And sometimes patience pays off. You know, you, you know, if you paint houses for a living, you don't want to do, you know, 50 sloppy jobs, but maybe if you do three or four immaculate jobs, people pick up on that and, and are more willing to hire you. Yeah. I, I think that's what, what hopefully they are, they are raising the bar permanently, mm-hmm. but um, I also don't mind the different animation styles. It's almost like, yeah, you know, looking yeah. at, at, you know, you have your movies and you have your animated shows, you got video games, you have all these different types of of media and content, uh, books. And I, to me, this is just another step up for the animations. I don't know if this means we're going to get this kind of stuff for every show going forward. I doubt right. it, but, yeah, I doubt it too. um, if it's going to be 3d like this, a 3d animated product, um, I'm sorry to say, you know, I think it's going to have to be <laughs> this level because mm-hmm. anything less is going to be a step back. So, you know, we'll we'll see. Um, um, obviously, we really like the first episode. More to come here, and we'll talk uh, about the the next episodes of Pariah Nexus and other shows in the future for Warhammer Plus and Warhammer TV. Can't wait. Well, let's now switch over to a combat patrol league, specifically the official. I yes. guess I guess that's a you know official Dad yes. Hammer Combat Patrol League. So we decided for those who uh, have been following our show um, know that we've been doing our own Combat Patrol battles. We played several games, and I think I'm up to about four or five Combat Patrol games. Really enjoying oh, it, and wow. enjoying it so much that uh, we talked with several folks and. We have a local um, game store that we frequent. We've mentioned it multiple times on the show here at Blackthorn Game Center. Um, and we are partnering with them to launch a Dad Hammer Combat Patrol League. So really, really, really cool. Um, mm-hmm. What for, for anyone interested, first of all, you don't have to be local to, to participate. You don't have to live in the in the Nashville, you know, greater Nashville area. You can be from uh, any country, any state. We've got listeners uh, at this point global. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to participate, you know, this is all for fun, right? We're not we're That's not right. going to be handing out sacks of money for cash prizes or anything <laughs> like that. You um, got a sack of money? <laughs> uh, yeah, I wish, right? Maybe. Um, but you know, this is this is just for fun. Um, yeah. You know, for just to encourage people to get in and, and play. So the signups are available on our website, dadhammerpodcast.com. And we've got a uh, specific site that, you know, it'll say league at the top. So if you visit our website, you click there, it'll tell you everything you need to know, but you can sign up through the form on there. You pick your army and that's, that's pretty much it. So it's, yeah. it's fairly self-explanatory. 
Um, this was all inspired by a recent issue of White Dwarf, which outlined a framework on how mm-hmm. to run your own combat patrol league. And what was cool is that it um, highlighted uh, a table and how to score. So, for example, you get a point for particular categories of, of things throughout these these games. So if you're if you're playing a game, you get one point to, to play one. You get a point if you win. You get a point for a fully painted army when you're playing. This is Combat Patrol, of course. Mm-hmm. You get a point for uh, a unique opponent that you faced. And then we're also throwing in a point for a game played at Blackthorn. Now, this oh, is really yeah. just to yeah, kind absolutely. of incentivize folks to, to come <laughs> in. But, you know, but if, if you're, you're not close, that's okay. Again, this is just for, for fun. Um, and you've also got a, a column for the number of uh, warlords you, you've killed in each of your battles and then the, the number of units slain. And that's more just uh, an extra tally, something to keep track of. To, but mm-hmm. all, all this is, and what one of the things I wanted to get to is really this is about having fun, being flexible with schedules. We're going to run it from October 1st to December 1st. And just to kind of start with a with an initial season to see what the interest is. Mm-hmm. We've already got um, about 10 people signed up, which is pretty cool. And you know, that let's be flexible with the schedules. You don't have to play in store. You can play at your house. You can play wherever you want and then just report the results through our website and uh, we'll be updating it and sticking the leaderboard out there. So yeah, all that's there. But what I think is really cool about this, and this has been my experience and I'm Steven, I'm interested in your, your experience as well here, but my experience with playing combat patrol league, and I've had this with with playing arcade games in the past, the fact that there is a leaderboard. I'm I'm a very competitive person. <laughs> not not competitive enough to go to a tournament or anything. Right. I'm not. I just I I, I don't want to train, you know, and and study. I don't want to be that competitive. Uh-huh. But I'm competitive enough against other folks that are like me. When when there's a leaderboard, and I'm not at the top, or I take a loss, it. <sighs> It, hurts. it stings a little bit. It yeah, there's, stink. there's, I'm not losing money. I'm not, you know, there's no trophy per se, mm-hmm. but just seeing that somebody else has the high score kind of, kind of burns me a little bit. It's very motivating, right? I mean, it's, it is, uh, and it's cool because this is getting into like a virtual community, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're helping facilitate this. And, you know, big thanks to Mark and Jane at Blackthorn, kind of letting us sort of shamelessly plug our own show and all (laughs) that stuff. But, you know, part of our, you know, motivation is to, A, you know, focus people maybe to them as a a merchant Mm -hmm. um, because they've been so supportive of us, but also make it to where if you can't make it to the store or you can't, you don't have to. Cause no. I mean, that, the whole purpose of that, you know, you and I starting this podcast was to sort of develop this friendly community of mm-hmm. man, you don't have to go and do, you have more people around you than, you know, um, and maybe you'll meet some new people through this. And if it becomes like a virtual playground, that's great. But if it, it expands your, your, ability to meet up with and play with other people that's that's the goal and it's a and it's a friendly there's no real you know major major skin in the game uh it's a format that the more games you play the faster it goes and that which means the more games you're likely to play in the future yeah um and it's it's a little bit easier to pick up and it's easier because now all right I want to play against people that I don't know and I want to be a little bit competitive, but not crazy competitive, but I don't have 18 months to put a 2000 point army together, both financially and hobby wise, you know, but man, you can knock out a, you can knock out a combat patrol without much trouble. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, I, I like facilitating and, you yeah. know, and we're just data collecting. I say we mostly you, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I, I have, uh, I think the community aspect, what you talked yeah. about, and really that's, that's the reason we're talking about it on this. That's the reason we started the podcast. That's the reason we, we built a website at the, the main goal. And we, we said this out, out front, 
but even with this league, it's just to, we like talking about Warhammer. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to meet other people that are like-minded, that love this game, and just want to be able to throw some dice and, and have a good time. And that's what this league is. And um, anybody can participate. Um, uh, we've already got a good representation already. So we've, we've had uh, about 10 signups so far. And, you know, I don't really have a, a cap or a, a max. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. you know, if you want to sign up. And the other thing is, let's say you sign up and you only are able to play one game and it's an unpainted army. That's fine. You know, do it's it. it's, Please it's do okay. It. You play one game and then maybe that's all you have time for. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Right. I mean, we, we, I have really good intentions about playing all the time. And then sometimes I, I get three or four games in other times I get one or none. That's right. Um, so, you know, it don't, don't feel like there's any commitment here. The only commitment is that you, you sign up with your information and hit submit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's really the commitment. That's it. Yeah, maybe um, maybe a, just a commitment to yourself to try yeah. to get some games in. That's sure. it. Yeah, and so good representation of armies. I did want to talk about a few here, um, mm-hmm. and I even wanted to go so far for since we're doing this league is to make some make some predictions. So mm-hmm. um, you know, just to be clear, I I don't know the folks that have signed up. There's a, a lot of strangers. Hopefully, they will become friends. I'm excited yeah, to, to meet these folks. So we've got uh, the Aldari. Necrons, Space Marines, uh, just generic Space Marines, mm-hmm. straight up Space Marines, World Eaters, Chaos Space Marines, Dark Angels, Tyranids, and Drukari. So really good representation. I was expecting mm-hmm. maybe uh, you know multiple iterations of Aldari or something like that. But no, I mean, a really wide gamut here, representation. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, uh, and I, I've got my own opinions here, but Steve, based on what you've seen just in the armies, we don't know mm-hmm. the players. We don't know if every single one of these people are veterans of the game and we're just going to get <laughs> bulldozed as soon as we book in. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. No, but no. Uh, based on the armies themselves, and you played against most of these, mm-hmm. any any predictions or standouts? I don't. Um, like, I don't know. Eldari are tough. I think that that's probably going to carry over into combat patrol. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every time, every time I put my Dark Angels combat patrol on the board, I'm like, "Whoa, I have so few models, and you have so many." <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I have ten, ten models. You know, yeah. And it's like, how am I going to do this? This is I'm just. I just don't feel this working out and they hang in there and it's amazing. Well, it's amazing what a redemptor dreadnought will do to, right. uh, to keep your whole, whole carry the weight of the, of the crew, but don't be discouraged. It would be my first. Um, and, and don't go picking, I wouldn't go picking up a, a box because it has more models in it unless that's what you want mm-hmm. and you want like bang for your buck, so to speak. I do feel like so far what games we've played and uh, and you and I have talked about whether we played each other or, you know, kind of debriefed the games that we've, they do feel fairly well matched. Um, you just need to know how to play your army would be my yeah. suggestion. Now there's going to be little caveats to some things that just do work better. Um, I feel like there might be some, but without playing them, I don't really know. But I feel some might be more beginner friendly because it's just a little bit easier to to walk back a mistake necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with ten models, you don't want to make a lot of mistakes and get get things wiped off the board. So it can be kind of hard to take that back. But at the same time, just because you have thirty on the board uh, doesn't mean that they're necessarily that survivable. So a mistake with those might be even more critical. So yeah. it, to me, it's hard to say. I don't know. How do you, what is your kind of precognition? It's it's going to come down to the players, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've played against several armies within this. I've, I've played against Aldari, Necrons. Um, you know, I'm, I'm Chaos Space Marines. I've played mm-hmm. against your Dark Angels. Um, I've done uh, Thousand Suns. I've played against a lot of different types of armies. And what's what's really cool about these is 
that, you know, to your point, uh, I played against the Thousand Suns Army, which are relatively in the 40K sphere, and mm-hmm. the larger games, very competitive, right? Pretty right. pretty high up there. Um, they're not up there with Aldari per se, but they are they are still pretty high up. And um, in the Combat Patrol game that I played, they you know typically I, I associate Thousand Suns a little more elite, a little more you mm-hmm. know the Rubik Marines, the Terminators, and and a lot of psychic abilities. But because it's Combat Patrol, there were a lot of uh, and I can't remember the name of them the um, they were the the cheaper troops. There are two squads of those. Yeah, and they were. Um, it was a little more horde based, right. which was mm-hmm. which was different. So now that said, I, I think what what's going to factor in is the amount of cover and terrain that you can get um, mm-hmm. if you've got a lot of models. Because you know what you were saying. You know, world eaters, for example, very heavily melee based army, but then the combat patrols, a lot of models in there. So. Right. You know, in uh, orcs, for example, that combat patrol is really all over the place. It's got your orc boys. It's got some <laughs> uh, def copters, so the, yeah. the helicopter flying units, and then a, a def dread. So a little bit of everything, but nothing that is one thing is going to be overly powerful. Um, so, you know, I, the reason I asked if you had any standouts or predictions is because I didn't either. Right. I, I didn't really have like, well, maybe I'm missing something. But mm-hmm. so far, every single army that I played, nothing really felt, oh my goodness, so overpowered. And even still, I, I went on YouTube and I just looked up, you know, kind of in preparation for this, what is the best combat patrol? Okay. And I thought, surely somebody's ranked them. Well, a lot of people have ranked them, but I watched several ranking videos. And what was interesting is that the ranking system was not based on their abilities or how good on the, on the table they were. Okay. The ranking system was based on the value, oh. meaning like how many models do you get? How okay. valuable is this? Is it a bunch of trash, you know, mm-hmm. uh, trash in, in quotations, right? Air quotes, because I, I just, I like a combat patrol box just for the variety. But some That's people right. that are trying to build a larger 2000 point army, they don't want to buy a combat patrol box and then say, okay, I want to buy a second combat patrol box. So that's really where the value hits, right? But if, if the box is half of it is no good, then, well, that's not really going to help you. So Mm -hmm. I, um, what was really cool is that really it's just based on, do you like the army? Do you like the aesthetic and are the models in that combat patrol box? Cool. And if, if the, if the answer is yes, then I don't, I don't think you can go wrong here, which is really yeah. interesting. And it's uh, because I don't need to buy anything else um, at all. Sure you do. <laughs> Period. I have <laughs> to finish some things. I've, I've made myself a goal. But anyway, it absolutely makes me want to grab a box of something mm-hmm. that I would never do a whole army for. Yeah. I mean, I think... Oh, I hate to say it because I do like the big games, but I really kind of feel like if you wanted to just make this your hobby, like, hey, I am a straight up combat patrol player and that's all totally. I'm going to do. Totally. Man, you could absolutely do it. I was like, well, to, and to go back to what you're saying about predictions and stuff, because, um, you know, our, our friend that was playing with us the other day, she had the Drakari and I had kind of did a little research before we played because I knew I was going to play. Man, I walked into that. I was like, oh, that hurt. That's just so terrifying. Mm-hmm. I mean, the army, A, it's 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 beautiful. I mean, the models were just fantastic. Um, but B, the, what the substance of it was just so cool, man. I mean, they had two of these like, you know, raider, speeder things um, with on paper sort of dreadnought type stats um so i was like yeah i got 10 people there's no way i'm gonna win it you know there's no way i'm gonna even like make it to turn three because it was just that scary but amazingly enough the my little 10 combat patrol guys have mm-hmm. impressed me every time they and the uh, games workshops so done a, they've done a really good job of balancing the rules out with with mm-hmm. these combat patrol boxes and you're, you're going to have that feeling and Warhammer is very unique in this, in this way, I think, but you get that feeling like, 
there's no way I'm going to win. The game, mm-hmm. It's game over after turn one. And then somehow you just, you maybe the attacks from the other, uh, from the opponent aren't as beefy as you thought they were going to be. Right. Or maybe your models are a little tougher than you thought. And mm-hmm. somehow you're, you're still around and then you get into your strengths and they, they so far to, to me, this is one of the reasons we're starting this league, but so far they have made uh, a really good move with this combat patrol. Um, very exciting, you know, games that we've had every single one. And then even better is that it's not a, it's not a limited version. It's, it's mm-hmm. pared down a little bit. The rules are pared down, but they're simplified so that once you learn your combat patrol, it's very easy to take and and go into a larger 40 K game. Should you choose to do so? But, that's why we started this league. We want to get more people interested, more people playing, and more armies on the table. So um, if that if all this is is something that you're interested in, please head to our website. We've got a, a mm-hmm. big um, menu at the top there that says League. Click on that. It gives you all the information. And uh, please, no, no matter if you are in the local Nashville area or somewhere else in the world, don't hesitate. Sign up, and we'll be happy to welcome you into the community really excited to get going and we'll talk more about our combat patrol league and the future episodes of uh, this podcast. Yeah. Exciting days, man. Well, let's wrap with uh, one last topic for this show. Let's talk about the recently announced upcoming pre-orders and the reason that I think this is uh, so interesting and, you know, people that have, have, frequented our our show will know that uh, how much i love terrain mm-hmm. and uh the recent pre-orders were kind of a a sneaky thing to me um but maybe i'm reading a little too much into it you know I, and and being a little more hopeful but they showed off um some upcoming pre-orders for terrain that is made to order yeah generally when it carries that made to order it's got a little icon that has a hammer next to it when it mm-hmm. when it says made to order generally that means they're retiring something that means they are it's no longer going to be available it's it's an older model that they don't really want to make anymore yeah um, i but but what they announced this time is quite a bit of imperial guard ish type terrain so they showed off uh the bunkers the defense line the um the 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 imperial bastion mm-hmm. um so that if if you've been if you head over to the uh warhammer community site and you can see these but if you've been in the warhammer game for a while you know what these things look like these are very your your typical astra militarum looking mm-hmm. terrain pieces you know defense lines things like that um but they also showed off the the uh what's it called sky the sky shield landing pad which is like yeah. a helicopter pad and that thing looks really cool. So a lot of cool stuff coming up made uh, to made to order. And I'm probably going to picking be picking up a few of these. Steve, are any of these catching your your eye? I do like the tower. Um, I'm actually going to go back and repaint, not necessarily repaint, but retreat uh, some of my terrain that I already have, which I, I'm I need some terrain. Um, mm-hmm. I was kind of going for maybe a Sector Imperialis kind of look, a little Mechanicum mm-hmm. kind of thing. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, Sector Mechanicus, sorry. Um, but I think any of this will fit into my vision because I'm kind of looking at stuff that's semi-neglected versus completely abandoned. So I want some stuff that looks like nature kind of took over. So I think anything will work. But I, I really do like that tower. Um, that's very cool. I like the Aegis defense line, though I don't know, you know, what you would do with it. I did have this yeah. weird daydream about, well, what if you use the Aegis defense line and played it like um, boarding actions, kinda, or played a combat patrol with nothing but defense line trenches? Oh, That'd be kind of oh, interesting. Man. Yeah, <laughs> be kind of weird because well, I don't know what the rules are with that particular. Well, the piece the of defense line, yeah, I, I think you with at least in tenth edition, I think you're going to treat them like craters mm-hmm. very similar where if you're wholly within you get a, a plus one to your save um you know i'm normally my 
my terrain that I, that I put on the table is high. It's, it's a mm-hmm. higher, you know, three or four stories or something like that. I like a, like the, the terrain that goes up higher off mm-hmm. the ground. It just mm-hmm. looks cooler. Looks it may good. not always have a, a great mechanic, you know, or a purpose. Well, in 10th edition, you've got the, uh, where you can get a, an extra AP by shooting down, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's pretty fun. But, um, you know, this tower would be that, but what I, what is drawing me to this, so it's cause I've seen some of the official battle reports that they've done on Warhammer plus and what they typically do. And especially in some of the artwork, if you look in the Leviathan boxes, they'll take a tower or a defense mm-hmm. line and then they'll combine it all together and put some rocks and stuff around it. Mm-hmm. And it looks like an outpost, you know, or a fortress. Yeah, I like that. So the only problem is that it's going to require, <laughs> you know, a couple of towers, you know, several of the defense yeah. line, and now all of a sudden you're spending two, three hundred bucks on this stuff. Oh, I bet it's more than that. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's where I'm going to have to be careful because uh, I'm holding my my anticipation in check to see how much it's going to cost. Yeah, I it's probably going to be a lot, but yeah, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing this because I, I do want to combine it. However. What you, you mentioned, Sector Imperialis earlier. Uh, I know you meant something else, but the Sector Imperialis terrain to me was was what really attracted me to terrain back in Eighth mm-hmm. Edition um, because it's more of that Gothic feel, you know, mm-hmm. the the Gothic looking terrain. And for the longest time, I think Games Workshop, a lot of the players were tired of the Gothic terrain because that's all they saw. It was just I the see. the arches and the statues and the you know, swords and the, all this yeah. stuff. It's just the, the same thing over and over again. And they got tired of it. Well, then they, they stopped selling it. And most everything now is ruins and, and small buildings and bunkers. And it, it yeah. got shorter. Like the terrain got shorter. You only needed one level. I mean, the competitive market sort of drove that, I guess, for lack of a better Mm-hmm. You know, better thought, I suppose. Yeah, uh, but but what's cool is that one of the kits that they are, are also coming up made to order is the Sector Imperialis Large Base Detail Kit. And that's a mouthful. Really, <laughs> all it is is it's just a ton of debris. That's that's what yeah, it is. It's just a ton it's of debris and stuff. Yeah, that you you know, it's going to be really easy to to clip out just little mm-hmm. squares and little chips and pieces off of statues or other buildings or something like that. And you cut that out and you would glue it onto your terrain. Uh, mm-hmm. You could glue it onto maybe a large model or, I mean, some of this stuff's small enough where you could put it on, you know, maybe a, uh, a vehicle or, or something like that, depending on what right. you wanted to do. But what, what I'm thinking is that they're releasing this because they're getting ready to come out with some more, sector imperialis ish ruins and what better way to decorate that stuff if you have this kit i don't know steve am i am i reading too much into it am i too hopeful no because they're the other kit is the hero bases um and you the bits for to make you know elevated bases that your you know characters can be on and a lot of those are the sector imperialis kind of ruins yeah looking stuff i think there's like uh was it like a blown up tank yeah and and what Um, i'm what i'm what i'm excited about though is because if these were if these were existing products mm -hmm. that they sold on their website and they were turning them made to order well Mm -hmm. that's different that means that they're ready to retire them they're they're getting ready to go away so they're not mass producing them anymore Mm -hmm. but these are these are coming back. Some of them have, have been out before. I don't remember the hero bases. And those maybe I haven't seen I, those before. But I don't remember seeing those either ever. But now I will most likely pick that up. Just There's, because. They're pretty cool, man. Like they're very neat. The, the big steps and stuff. And especially if you've got a, a, a single model character mm-hmm. that you want to put on a you know, on top of a tank, yeah. you know, or uh some some terrible chaos model that just took down, you know, or won some big victory. And there's one with, with some steps on it. It looks really cool. Mm-hmm. There's a so, orc one with the little yep, bomb. Yep. With the little bomb. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're going to, you're going to put a Gretchen on top of the bomb. <laughs> I think that'd be cool. 
But I mean, th- this kind of stuff, though, is um, hopefully, and I, and I went into the local, our local games workshop store, and I was talking to, to the guy there, and I said, you know, I, I see this terrain, but it's all small ruins mm. or the, the, the bunkers and the fences that they recently had. And those are all single levels. Great for kill team, not so much mm-hmm. for 40K, in my opinion. Right. And, uh, and I said, I wish they would come out with more gothic buildings again. And he interrupted me and he said, um, <laughs> you know, be on the lookout. Just yeah. hold on to that. And so, oh, maybe, maybe that means, that, to me. yeah, they're getting ready to come out with something. <laughs> um, but I, I would, I'm really hopeful for some new gothic buildings. But mm-hmm. going back to the Sector Imperialis, there was one terrain kit that I never got which has two large statues in the front. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I think it was the Bacilla uh, Sector Imperialis Basilicanum, Basilicanum. Um, okay. And it has like these two really large statues in front of a, a really big doorway. And, you know, the statues are like the size of, from a model standpoint, about the size of a knight, right? right. I, um, you know, so pretty big, really cool Gothic looking ruins. And... I um I hope they re-release this stuff or come out with something similar. So, Steve, are you you know you you mentioned looking at the tower? If they came out with new buildings, is that something you're interested in, or are you more on the smaller terrain? No, no, no. I I need some big stuff. I like the way it looks on the table. Um, I think it just uh, adds a just almost like an extra character to the whole thing. You know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I feel like these bits, these bases, and these um detail kits are 100 percent, in my opinion something that they've been missing on now um because it feels like they're trying to promote you to put your piece of terrain on a base because that's the way the rules are playing like you have been doing pretty much with everything you have Mm -hmm. so this helps that to kind of facilitate that a whole lot um, you know, up till now, you, you kind of had to lean on the 3D print market um, or some, you know, other aftermarket kind of thing. Or like I've been toying around with bases when I have a character, I, I build them up and make them look different and yeah. uh, a little bit Epic. more imposing. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you know, yes, it's probably a little bit out of the spirit with the rules of the game and dimensions. But, you know, most of us, we don't care. Right. Um, so I like to make them look cool you know, cause it's a single model. Um, and these, I don't know, I, boy, it, it sure looks like maybe we're going to get something else because I mean, there's a whole new crop of people coming into the game and there's just not a lot of choices out there for them right now. Um, yeah. so and that, that keeps me thinking, surely we're going to get something soon. Yeah. And what I had planned on doing or what I've done with, with pre- previous terrain especially the larger building says sometimes there'll be bits left over rarely, um, rarely, you know that, but every now and then they might throw in an extra, you know, piece or two, or I've, I've gotten uh, a box of these smaller ruins Mm -hmm. and you can take that and and chop it up and kind of use it for the same effect. If you have a, a nice base. And to me, I, um, you know, we, we've talked about training in the past and how to make that, but to me, not ju- just having the the building and then putting it down on a battle mat or something it you know it, it looks good but mm-hmm. i like it if it's on a base and it's got a lot of debris on it or you know fallen statues or columns and it doesn't take much to make it look like that um mm-hmm. there's there's all kinds of tutorials on how to do that but um i'm excited to see where they're going to go with this i'm hoping in the next month or two maybe at the next uh reveal the, the next preview that they show off some new terrain. They don't need a lot, really. Mm-mm. I mean, if they just came out with two or three kits, that that honestly would be would be enough. They don't need a ton. Um, right. You know, just two or three buildings, and they've got got enough ruins and some of the other stuff. But for for those that are maybe new to the game and are th- are considering terrain, um, as much as I I hate to say this because it's you know everybody <laughs> has their own budget. Um, they don't they don't make this stuff again Mm-mm. i mean a lot of this stuff i thought oh well it'll be around forever and ever just like all the other games and products that i that i purchase no like once it's once it's gone it's you can't get it again unless you're willing to spend yeah. 300 bucks on ebay and then yeah, it's that's not where worth I, it 
That's what I'm struggling with right now. So I can definitely attest to that. So I'm not trying to, you know, convince someone to to make a purchase. Maybe they don't want to. But Mm -hmm. if you're eyeballing some terrain and you're thinking it's going to be around for a little while longer, uh, you probably have about three to six months, honestly, (laughs) before they start removing or like 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 disney they put it back in the vault so mm-hmm. um and it may not come back out so I, I hate to be like that but just you know from my own experience if you're interested in terrain don't wait just go ahead and get it keep your yeah. receipt if you're unsure but i would go ahead and get it if i were you i agree with that well that will wrap our show uh thank you so much for listening thank you medicaid steve Thank you to my beer. I hope you enjoyed your designated driver special, your Billy G cherry Coke. Billy G. <laughs> I am David the War Boss, and we will see you next time on Dad Hammer. Cheers, Steve. All right, take care.